0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to our very first episode of our Picard podcast. I just wanted to make a small uh, disclaimer for the beginning of the podcast. Unfortunately, the audio quality didn't end up super, super great for this episode, which is really disappointing because it is the first episode. And uh, if this is your first impression of us, um, just know that the audio quality and the audio levels, which I tried to make as <laughs> as um, level as possible, um do not reflect uh our other episodes and hopefully the rest of this podcast going forward um yeah i'm not really sure what happened but we will make sure for next episode to do some more audio tests to make sure that it doesn't happen again <laughs> okay um enjoy the episode also r.i.p to the d uh deanna crashed it <laughs>
1: Hey! (laughs) Hey!
0: My favorite thing is saying Deanna keeps crashing the Enterprises, and Sam goes, No, she just happened to be at the helm! She's good at her job, and her job is not driving the ship. Hello, and welcome to our Picard Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, B.C. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britanniam, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cats. Uh, the Starfleet division I would be in is that I would not be in Starfleet because my brain does not work that way. I would be a charming artist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you could be the guyman. oh I
0: could be could be oh Guinan. my god I could totally be Guinan I could be a therapist you could I could yeah. be a therapist whatever Deanna does <laughs> uh ship's counselor yeah there you go <laughs> I know what Deanna does, but I don't know what her official, like, she's in sciences, right? Yes, yeah, she's in science. I'm yeah. still not that smart. Anyway. Bless your heart. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator from sunny pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I'm a senior writer and social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Um, if I was in Starfleet, I would, all of my favorite characters are, like, typically in, like, sciences or engineering. Or something, but I feel like I would want to be in command. Yeah, you're like bossy. I would want to be a helmsman or something. Yeah. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24 year old actor and drama instructor. I like bringing anti heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and I don't know anything about this. This. <laughs> Is the first episode of Star Trek that I've ever seen in its entirety, so I do not know how to answer the fun fact. So we decided that because you have a very organized mind, Mm -hmm. you can memorize everything and you're good at tactics, that you would be an operations officer, which means you would wear, like, yellow gold, which I think you're fine with. Could pull it off. Ooh, a guy. You would be hanging out. Yeah, you hang out with yeah, Worf. There you go. You could work with Worf. I know nothing about him as a person, but he just he looks nice. Is nice it rude boy. for me to like feel his face? Yes, a little. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I just feel like it's one of those like things where it's like you go to the museum uh-huh. and they have like a kids section where the kids can feel <laughs> things. Yeah. Like I just feel like his face is that, and I just I just want to like. I don't think he would like it. that. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I shouldn't hang out with War. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not. You know what? We'll get you a Klingon stuffed animal. You can. You can. You can pet that. But I want it to
1: be like hard enough so that you can like. I know how to make a Klingon headpiece. I mean, it takes a long time, so we don't have time here. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the future, I do know how to make. <laughs> Robin, it I, know, I, don't I don't know. It.
0: I don't know if I'm worth it. <laughs> and today we have with us very special guest. This is Cat. Yay. Yay! Tell us about yourself, Cat.
1: I do not have anything prepared about myself, but I'm oh, sorry. a 28-year-old cat. Um, I work- <laughs> wow! Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm 28, and I work in finance by day, but I spend the majority of my time thinking about Star Trek and middle-aged OTPs. Oh, yeah, and quality so, content. We so, get along That's yeah. it. That's, that's it. That's, we
0: all have a lot in common, then. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: in so, which
0: uh, division would you bet?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, no, I'd fully be in security. Mm. I, I would probably oh, die, yeah. but oh. I would fully go for the security. Because I Warf is also a favorite of mine, so I'd be like, that'd be fun to learn under him.
0: We have so much in common. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wharf.
1: Wharf is a is
0: a Owen's like, I don't know I don't know anything about that man. Sorry to this man. Sorry to this man. If I saw this man on the street, I, I would mean, not know this man. <laughs> you would because you know Wharf. Yeah. He looks completely different. I've seen pictures of the guy oh, Michael beneath Wharf. And yeah. I don't know. I was like, I I wouldn't know. Know. that's not my friend Wharf. Today we have words to say about episode 101 of Picard, Remembrance. And this episode will contain spoilers for like all of Star Trek. But how we're going to start is um, because Robin, this is her first Star Trek, we're going to like we're gonna do the summary of the episode, and then we're gonna talk to Robin about what she thinks is going on, and like what she's gained from this, and what I'm getting from like her first impressions is she's just confused. Would you agree? I mean, okay, sure, but I have been—I've been retaining some things. It's true, you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, for example, uh huh. Last night, uh huh. At dinner, uh huh. Robin was did? the only person that remembered the name of the sister. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, none of us were like—we looked at Robin, who does not watch Star Trek. And only watched it once and went, What's Daj's sister's name? She goes, Soji. I was like, Great, thanks. <laughs> You're the most useful person we know. <laughs> right? <laughs> Did not expect you to be the most useful person on this podcast, um, but thank you so much. It's I'll take the title. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the summary. Yes, we are going to talk about the summary real quick. I like, I want it to be shorter than it is, but it just didn't happen. So we're going to deal with it. Okay. Here is the summary of what happened in the episode. Data and Picard play poker on the Enterprise D. Picard stalls ending the game because he doesn't want it to end. He goes all in. Data puts down five Queen of Hearts. Outside Ten Forwards' window, Mars explodes and destroys the Enterprise. Picard wakes up at Chateau Picard in France. In France. France. <laughs> in France. <laughs> He has a dog in a vineyard, which, life goals. Dodge and her boyfriend talk about her getting into the Daystrom Institute. Evil secret agents transport in and kill her boyfriend. Dodge activates and kills them all. She sees Picard in her mind. At Chateau Picard, Romulans, Shabon and, L- Laris? Laris? Laris. and Laris fuss after Picard before his big interview and it's freaking wholesome. Picard sits down with the Federation News Network to talk about the anniversary of the Romulan supernova, but it's really a ploy to get him to talk about saving Romulan lives and leaving Starfleet. Apparently, the rescue efforts for Romulus were impeded by a group of rogue synthetic life forms who destroyed the utopia Planitia shipyards at the end f- of the fleet of rescue ships. Since we're banned and Starfleet ran from helping the Romulans, which Picard resigned over, xenophobia is a hell of a drug. Dodge shows up at Chateau Picard. Something drew her to him. Dodge shows him a necklace her father gave her. She says that she knows him. Picard has another dream about Data? He's painting a woman with no face. He wakes up, sees a version of the painting in his study and heads to the Starfleet Museum archives to find the other version of the painting that has Dodge's face. The painting is called Daughter, and Data painted it. Dodge calls her mom to tell her she's in danger. Her mom tells her to go back to Picard, which is weird because she fully should not know about that. Dodge figures out how to find Picard and tracks him to the archives. Picard tells her that he thinks she might be a synthetic being and Data's daughter. Romulans show up and attack them. Dodge dies protecting Picard and an explosion knocks Picard out. He wakes up in Chateau Picard with a new resolve. He's going to find out who killed her and why. He's not going to wait to die anymore. Picard goes to the Daystrom Institute and meets Agnes, who is cute as a button. He wants to know if it's possible to make a sentient android out of flesh and blood. No, bro. Agnes <laughs> explains all synthetic research isn't that isn't pure theory is banned. She has beef but he was never able to be like Data. Bruce Maddox was working on trying to make an Android like Data, but the work was banned and he disappeared, which I'm sure is not a clue at all. (laughs) If they had Data's neural net, you could make a flesh and blood host, but they don't because it died with him. Someone clearly had to have made dodge from a single neuron of Data's. Also, they're made in pairs. She has a twin. On a reclaimed board cube, Narek, this shady Romulan, hits on Dodge's twin, Soji, and then that's it. That's it. That's the whole episode. That's a great episode. I feel like yeah. I was like, this is a slow episode, and then I was writing the summary, and I'm like, a lot happened in this episode. We got yeah. to an interview, and I was my notes, I was typing so fast, I was like- I can't write it all down. Yeah. So one of the first things I want to note note is that this was written by Akiva Goldsman and James Duff. James Duff used to run Major Crimes. Yeah. With Mary McDonald, so I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I know who you are. And it was directed by Hanel M. Culpepper, who is the first Black woman to direct an episode of Star Trek.
1: Yay!
0: And she did a fantastic job. Yeah. Amazing. The cinematography. So good. Um, okay, so I wanna say that my first note is that I'm very excited that the word dude has survived to the twenty fourth century. It's a yes. I don't think I've ever heard anyone on Star Trek say dude before. It was excellent. Yeah. I enjoyed that. (laughs) <laughs> all right okay so we're gonna ask Rob- robin some things now i also i wrote some notes down as well oh okay um if you would like to hear them i would love to hear your notes i actually had more notes just listening to your uh summary just like come into my mind actually which i thought was really it's an episode that bears rewatching. i think yeah. yeah i would say like before i forget them the ones that came into my mind when you were saying the summary <laughs> were like it was unclear to me and I think it'll show in my like very small amount of notes that I wrote, that I wrote mm-hmm. how much was stuff that I was supposed to know and how much was stuff that was new mm-hmm. but another thing was like during the interview and everything I was like I don't know this man but that's my friend and you need to stop being <laughs> mean to him <laughs> because also like everybody that isn't like heartless I think everybody has like a soft spot for like old people for like our elders 100%. you know yeah. so like mm-hmm. I was like I was like, please be nice to this old man who's doing his best. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she was like going after him, and I was like, hey, well, first of all, he reminds me of my poppy. And so you're attacking my poppy, so I don't like you right now. <laughs> um, but for some of the notes that I wrote down, um, a lot of it was uh, complaints about Data. Not that he was like a bad actor or did a bad job or like is a bad character. I just think he looks very creepy. <laughs> And, like, maybe it's because, like, the aspect ratio or whatever is better now, but, like, yeah. creepier than I have seen him previously when you, like, when you guys watch it. Well, it's because it. of, like, colors now are, yeah. like, so much brighter on television. And you can and see like, Brent's pores. Yeah. 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 Or, like, or it's lack thereof because the makeup is so cakey that I'm like, I can't be comfortable. Well. If, like, he looks sick. So I went and researched this because mm-hmm. you were so freaked out by it. And it's actually digital retouching afterwards. Mm. So they they smoothed out Data a little too much, I think. So, and a lot yeah. of people had the same thought. That, oh, yeah, really? You okay, did. Yeah. yeah, you are not alone. Yeah. They were trying to, like, ride the line of, like, Data having an aging program because he's an android, mm-hmm. and a Brent Brent human being person. Yes. Yeah. And, like, Data aging slower than, like, his human counterparts, I mm-hmm. think. Right. But Which they I don't think they quite nailed it, mm-hmm. but, like, the emotion is there. Right. Yes. Yeah, I could tell that, like, this was supposed to be a big deal. Deal, but I was, like, so <laughs> taken out by it. Yeah, I was so distracted by, like, how, like, clammy he was. Like, oh, no! I just, like, assumed his hands were clammy because he looked so sick. <laughs> um, and the contacts look uncomfortable. And also, how would you know that his pupils are moving because he's wearing contact okay, contacts? Okay, no, when we were rewatching. watching They, it, they show it. it. Yeah, oh, they okay. show it. I was like, they just look so uncomfortable. <laughs> I wondered if, like, him putting down all those queens meant anything previously. It doesn't mean anything yet that we know Mm -hmm. of, but it's got to be a clue for something, I think. Well, I was on Reddit last night, and, um, which is a friggin' cursed sentence, but the Picard Reddit's pretty chill as long as you don't bring up the topic of discovery. Mm. Um, and someone pointed out, I have to find who wrote it, but they were like, oh, it's five queens. Well, what does the word queen start with? And then I was like, oh, no. It's Q. Q? Oh. Emily's, uh, our friend, our roommate Emily has a deep hatred for Q. I love Q, but um, I don't think that means anything, but right. I don't think it's a clue. But someone pointed out that out, and now I have to think about it a lot. Yeah. It would be interesting to see Q pop up on Picard, but I don't think it will happen. No. Um, this next note was about uh, Dodge's boyfriend at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very sad that he died. It was obviously very sad. Yeah. But um, I'm glad I didn't have to deal with him for too long because his eyes make sounds and it's very <laughs> and it makes me very uncomfortable if, if they had just like moved the way they did that would have been fine but the fact that they make clicking sounds I'm like how mm, no you know what's weird is I feel like in terms of like technological development someday that might be us hmm. like have like little contacts that make sounds why would you want that <laughs> I didn't say that I wanted it. I just said it was a possibility. It's like we could never podcast with eyes that make sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Kat and I actually um, came to a realization about the uh, like alien race that her boyfriend is this morning mm. when we were rewatching. Um, he is Zahian, which is a race from Discovery, which is Queen
1: Poe. Yeah, yes. I'm not going to try to say your full name. Yeah, no, we <laughs> couldn't do that. It's got like ten syllables in it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm as lost as you are on that one because I have yet to watch Discovery.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I think her last name is Dameron.
0: Oh, there you go. She <laughs> oh is I a- don't know anything about Star Wars either. <laughs> Robin's very new to that
1: part of Sci-Fi. Well the Sahihans, I think we usually get a we get a little tiny piece of them in the short track.
0: Yeah. We get a little bit of her in the short track and like their like planet's history. And... Yeah. Not that it's
1: relevant to this, because we right. get nothing of him except that he dies. Right. Oh yeah,
0: sad. But she is delightful, yeah. and um he was delightful, and we will make him. All right, R.I.P. dude. Okay, here's the first example of me not knowing what I'm supposed to know and what, I, what everybody else knows about. Because okay. before he even said the dog's name, everyone went, the dog's name is number one. And so I thought, oh, that's his dog. His dog's name has been number one before. And so I got confused because it's been like 30 years, so that dog should be number three by now. But- <laughs> Because the dog is so old, but then it was then explained to me that um, I'm the dumbass. <laughs> it's not that you're the dumbass, it's that you're literally brand new to this. Right. So like things that we take for granted, you shouldn't know. <laughs> I just didn't know.
1: Although counterpoint, like in Star Trek, people live to be like a hundred plus years old. So, truth to say, in the future, dogs won't live to be twenty <gasps> I would love that. I, I would think.
0: love that concept. I did see like, people saying something about immortal dogs the other day, and I was like, if the future doesn't include immortal dogs, I don't want I don't it. Exactly. My next one was a question that's a little more deep, and I think probably isn't answered at this Mm -hmm. time, but, um, I noticed at the beginning he's dreaming of Mars specifically, so, like, he didn't know we were going towards Mm -hmm. Mars, and then in the interview something about, like, everybody on Mars dying or something like that, or something bad is happening on Mars, and so I kind of, I just put those together. No, that was, that was really smart. You shouldn't have known that. The only reason we know it is because they released a short Trek, which is like a little webisode um, before the the series basically started showing the destruction of Mars Mm -hmm. and like how it kind of just came out of nowhere. So you get a little bit of that exposition in the middle of the episode. And that's why I was going to ask you, like, was that easy to follow at all? And I'm guessing no. Uh, Maybe. Okay. We'll we'll see. Okay. Uh, But basically like clearly the destruction of Mars, by her saying it in the interview, does that mean that he is partially responsible for it, or is she just being a jerk? It's implied, I would say. Because obviously it it has, like, done something to him, like, he thinks about it, because it was in his dream. I think that they, that some people might partially blame him because his love for data might have, like, Opened the doorway to create more uh, artificial life forms, which then led to the destruction of Mars by those artificial life forms. Um, See, I thought it was because they wanted to destroy the ships that they were building to evacuate the Romulans. Why would the sense have that? Or I don't know. Was it evil Starfleet people? Controlling the synths. That's what I would do. That. Whereas I figured if the synths were made of Borg parts that the Romulans are hosting and they were rebelling, they wouldn't overly be happy that people were helping save Romulan lives. I feel like the math meme. I need more information. (laughs) Fair enough. And then to go to a note that is a complete 180, uh, Mm -hmm. much less deep. uh, Mm -hmm. Did she leave those bodies in her house? For sure. I had that same question. Did she do anything with them or did she just leave them? Like what happens to the boyfriend now? Yeah. Is she going to like, I don't know. Like I feel like he deserves, not that everybody, not that the other people don't, but like if I was her and I'd be like, well, my boyfriend's dead. I would want to do something to honor him in Mm -hmm. some way, instead of just leaving him him there. And, you know, even if, like, someone were to come find them, you don't know, and he could be, like, rotting there with all these other people. Well, they did imply later that When they had the fight on the roof with the Romulans, they only found Picard up there. There were no Romulan bodies, so I'm guessing Mm. whoever sent those, like, militant Romulans probably Probably took his body, and no one will ever know he died. Oh, Um, probably took the boyfriend's body instead of, like, took everybody else and then left him there? Yeah, either that or they framed her for his murder.
1: Mm. Do we know for sure that all of the hooded figures were Romulan? Because we only saw two of their faces that's a good point so I have
0: questions I think I think if we had seen one it would have been a question but because we saw two it's you like, kind of have to implied. assume yeah. Yeah. but okay. I under I know what you mean that like yeah. you don't know for sure because you did like, see they're all other faces. like the at the very beginning one of them is speaking another language and I want to know if someone has figured out which alien language mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm.
1: like I lean toward them all being Romulans just because of the Romulans reluctance to like play nice with others mm-hmm. they're not really good at working as a team with other species mm-hmm.
0: that's fair that's fair. That makes sense. What's the deal with her necklace? That was answered. Yes. But then why did she leave her necklace with Picard? Yeah. I guess he just didn't give it back to her while they were having tea. He did. and Yeah, he like left it there. Oh. Or her? Maybe it's just not answered. I don't know. But it's don't know. a think- plot point. <laughs> <laughs> she left it with him because he needed it. <laughs> I thought that the archives or whatever looked a lot like Epcot. Like I could just Epcot. walk into Epcot and that would be Epcot. I love Epcot. I would like if that was Epcot. Yeah. That'd be cool. We thought that Instead of daughter, was the name of the painting? We thought that that she said Dodger, yeah. And I was like, "Ooh, what is she dodging?" Because that's like similar to <laughs> <Yeah>. similar <laughs> to her name. And I was like, "She's dodging all of the punches that are being thrown at her." Obviously, <laughs> I get it. But then Picard said it, and I was like, "This is more clear. Makes more sense now." <laughs> yep. I thought her mom was really sketchy. I think that was definitely on purpose and mm, yeah. I think that then it was potentially answered because her mom also isn't real and it was just yeah. like a f- yeah. fabrication of her memory we, or something. We uh discussed during our rewatch. We think that she might be a hologram. Mm. Yeah, cuz like on holograms can like touch and like have a physical Mm -hmm. presence because the emh is like not just going through people you know so she might like i think she might be a hologram but i don't know for sure that makes it interesting because then it's like is this the first time that she's really like slipped up like that by saying like saying something that she's not supposed to exactly because otherwise like if that kept happening then you like eventually start stop trusting your mom right because she starts she's she's being sketchy so it's, like, interesting that this is, like, potentially one of the first times that she slips up. I think it's probably a first-time thing, and it's, like, an emergency protocol probably yeah, kicked like in. programming. Gotcha. Yeah. Did they immediately kill her boyfriend off so they could give her a new love interest? Because I think that sucks. But then they killed her, too. Yeah, true. So. so. Equal opportunity, I guess. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Soji seems to know more than Dodge. I yeah, can. we talked about that too. She seemed to know that she had a sister. Mm-hmm, whereas mm-hmm. Dodge seems to not really know that she had anyone but a parent. And, like, she might have a sister, but she never mentions her. So right. she might know about her, but, like, they might not be on good terms since Soji is working in a Borg cube. They might have parent-trapped them. But, like, mm-hmm. when... Yeah, because when they when Picard asks about her necklace, why then doesn't she doesn't she say... Oh, this is a symbol between me and my sister. Exactly, we both have the same necklace, and haha, get it because it's two circles and there's two of us. Exactly, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> she was like, my father gave it to me, and I'm like, did he know? But that also raises the question that like this other guy who like I super don't trust. He seemed really yeah. sketchy because he wasn't making eye contact with her. And you were saying right? that yeah, he's a creep. Yeah, right? you guys were saying that like potentially it's like a actual love interest <clears> thing that's happening, but I don't, I don't get good vibes from this guy right off the bat, but he also said he was part of a twin, and so I'm just like, okay, well, is there more than one pair
1: of these, or exactly. is it just, like,
0: he just has a twin? I think he just has a brother, mm-hmm. and... Did he say twin? I, don't I think okay, he specifically said, said yeah, not bad. a twin. Oh, okay, my bad. Um, I think he is for sure sketchy, and I think he's gonna, like, try and get close to her slash seduce her for information, mm-hmm. which is yeah. shady. Ew. I thought that part, especially considering, I mean, like considering everything that was actually quite well written because it was insidious in its nature like that's very easily how like manipulative men lure women in especially if like they're just really pure hearted oh yeah i was like i've absolutely been spoken to like that absolutely yeah where it's just like i like here's my broken story and you're like your heart goes up to them you're like oh i want to talk to you before you know it like they've got you right under their thumbs so that was that was very well done yeah Right, those are all my notes. I'm ready for my question. Okay, what do you think the show is about? It's about Picard. Uh huh. And he is uh, trying to pick up. I mean, I know it's been like a bajillion years, but he's like obviously still upset about Data. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's kind of been at peace for like a really long time. But now everything's kind of going to crap with like somehow like with the interview and with Dodge happening at the same time. Now everything's kind of like coming back, and I think he's trying to solve some more mysteries about data because maybe there were mysteries when he died and he doesn't know anything about him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, and um, I assume that part of the goal is going to be getting the like AI stuff back online because people, because they're not allowed to do things like, they're not allowed to like do things physically anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I think that part of the goal, especially with Agnes being one of the main characters, I think part of the goal will be making that be a thing again. Yeah. So, like, you totally, you can kind of see, like, how there's, like, a lot of, like, real-world parallels with, like, giving individuals rights and the restrictions on technology and things like that. Yeah. I think that I know, I think that if you hadn't told me ahead of time that that was part of it, that I, just from this, wouldn't 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 have really gotten that. I would have just been like, yes, aliens. Uh Uh-huh, aliens. Okay. Because, because it's not clear to me at this point that, like, aliens, like, I know... I, this sounds dumb, but, like, like even though different races of aliens don't necessarily correlate to different races of humans, in my brain right now.
1: Oh, okay. No, that makes sense. Th- it, it's yeah. not a... Yeah. No, that's a super valid way to start Star Trek, and I think that's how it, it usually is. And then it eventually becomes part of you that you're like, oh. Like you're, you're like, like oh, oh, I, I see it now. Two. Yeah. Right, like, these Other are things. all
0: living creatures, and some of them
1: are just different.
0: Yeah, the, clearest, the clearest point of that was when they basically it's like the black lives matter thing and then people are like all lives matter and it's like okay but we're just talking about black lives right now. yeah yeah so exactly like, can we just like take a step to the side so when she said Romulan lives and he said no no no, just lives like that's when it's I. it's like kind of like the but, opposite yeah, yeah, of like that same thing exactly yeah yeah that's when I saw it like that's when I saw it yeah, that's oh. what I was going to ask is, like, did any of the Romulan Mars stuff make sense? Or you just kind of go, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting. Because for us, that was kind of new, too. That's not, right. like, established Star Trek yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right now, I know that Mars was destroyed and a lot of Romulans died. And right now, I don't know if originally in the actual series or whatever that the Romulans were evil. But right now, it's like, yeah. all, we can't
1: trust all Romulans is what's going on in my brain right now. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the only consistent thing they've ever said about okay. <laughs> yeah, Don't trust them
0: okay, um was any of the science hard to follow or did it just kind of go whoosh? um I think that they explained it pretty well like um it it kind of reminds me of orphan black in the way, in a way because orphan black had a lot of like really complicated science mm-hmm. and you know sometimes it was just like okay is saying big words now and but then, yeah. you know, but then Sarah would be like, say that to me in a normal way. And then she would explain it. So it, was, it was, <laughs> and then, so you'd be like, oh, okay. You know, it's <laughs> gotcha. kind of like that where it's like you say some things and I'm like, okay. And then you just kind of have to use context clues to like understand what's going on. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. And then for your last question, mm-hmm. on a scale of one to 10, how cute is number one? Um, I would say that, I mean, I love all breeds of dogs. Of I course. love I love pit, bull, pit bulls. I have no breed um bias bias yes, mm. towards that but I personally am a big fan of small tiny oh, baby I dogs see. and so I would say that no dog is below a five okay agree so mm-hmm. from five to ten mm-hmm. I would put number one at a seven That's a solid rating. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. Good number for the show, too. Yeah, Yeah, there you you go. Well done. There you go. Thank you for your dog judgment. Mm -hmm. No problem. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) To judge judge the dog. If there are more dogs to judge, we know where to go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. You're free now. Thank you. You you, uh, go have a good time. We're going to talk about more in-depth Star Trek now. Okay. All right. I am so happy for you guys. This is going to be great. And I know you guys are going to have such a good time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy for you. Okay. Robin I will be back later is. for the outro. Yeah, I'll be back later for the outro and tell you what my favorite line award is, which I didn't know until like five minutes ago. <laughs> Bye. 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 No, I'm okay now. Okay. Can you turn the light on now? Yeah, I can. Oh, Bye. that's better. So <sighs> now I can stretch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So my first note is not to make it about Janeway, <laughs> but oh my God, <laughs> but but Utopia Planitia was where she saw. Voyager for the first time. Oh, I imagine that's where most captains see their ships Yes, the but notably Voyager <laughs> and the Defiant were built there. So that's all I know. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> that was really cute. Yeah, I know. Um, um, RIP to Utopia Planitia. Um, and Mars, and apparently. Mars. Yeah. The fact that it's still on fire was a detail that I was like, ooh. So like they can't even rebuild the shipyard there. Yeah, they killed the whole planet. Right, that can't be a parallel for anything in our real world. Mm- oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wrote like scene by scene notes. Mm-hmm. What did, how did you want? to No, you it? go ahead. I just want to know how you want to like approach it. Should we unpack it scene by scene? Or yeah, let you go ahead and do that um, because that's more organized than I had. Oh,
1: what did you have?
0: My first note was I want that lip thing. So valid. That <laughs>
1: that's so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so we open on the scene with. Uh, Picard dreaming and I think opening with the nostalgia like that was a really solid choice because it's both like very new and like also very nostalgic and reminiscent of all the things we love about TNG in Mm -hmm. particular but also like disconcerting because you know it's not real yeah 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 so like opening with blue skies and like then going to 10 forward and on the D and like the poker game and just all of the, and the tea, all the little oh, yeah in the, like that same cup. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that was, I think a really solid choice. What do you guys think?
1: I'm a little curious. Does that, because I don't remember seeing Picard playing poker a lot. Like, of course I remember the poker games. Once. Yeah.
0: He only ever shows up at the end of all good things. And he's like, okay, that's what I
1: thought. Like, so I kind of like that implication that maybe there's been times in the future where they've been able to have that moment. Like that's real soft. I like that.
0: I think because, so he shows up at the end of all good things and he's like, I should have done this a long time ago. And Deanna's like, you were always welcome. Yeah. I think it implies that from there on he sort of joins them and like because there's a lot of more time that they're on the enterprise Mm -hmm. d and then e all together before they all like sort of go their separate ways so i think that having this dream and having data in the nemesis uniform sort of implies that they I kept doing that, yeah. I like, I like that a lot too. What do we think about the five queens? Why are they queen of hearts? Five queens, um, Deanna, Janeway, okay. Beverly, G, and seven. Done, <laughs> <laughs> nice <to be> done. <laughs> Solved it. Put I'm it on Reddit. <laughs> Guidance, like, thank oh, you for paying no. me dust. <laughs> Guidance fully an ace, like, ace of hearts. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. That's, yeah. Good point, Rosa King. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I know this, but Rosa Ro oh, Row and um, Kira and Genzia—they're they're, they're oh, King, yeah. big King energy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, uh, I'm glad they have uh, 10 Ford around since Patrick just invited Whoopi to be on season two. Yay! I wonder if that's how they're going to integrate a lot of like the older characters is that same way. Yeah. Is like through Picard's dreams. I think, I think that would be neat. I mean, he, I guess, I guess it kind of makes sense for Guinan. Like she's such an ageless being. Like she could just show up at with him at any time. Hello, darling. Go boldly.
1: (laughs) Speaking of other characters, this is like a total long shot and I don't think it's anything actually related Mm -hmm. to what they were actually writing. So I was looking up Xenobotany. I feel like it's a thing we would have heard a lot about because it seems like something very Star Trek. Isn't that know. something Crusher like like studied a little? I probably the Memory Alpha does not have a whole lot on it. It separates it into just xenobiology and exobiology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the names when you go through and look up like other people related to this field is like Geordie's dad. Oh, I don't think that's probably going to be a big thing, but. I mean, Star Trek writers, if you're listening, you could use that to bring, you- <laughs> to
0: bring in Lamar. Yeah.
1: Just um, if you wanted that help, I'm here for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point, though, you- that you had. Like, they probably mentioned at some point when Jordy was talking about his parents that that's what he does. Yeah. And then that's a good point you have with Crusher because she's always, like, doing experiments with plants. Exactly. You know? So I would like to see it. <laughs> I like how we got into somehow talking about plants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then like if we're talking about data... Because who like who else would you really like? Okay, yes, Maddox did a lot of research, mm-hmm. but Jordy is like number one, always there to repair data. Yeah, like he is the Jordy and Crusher were like
0: the the team yeah.
1: repair of data. Like yeah. the data experts. If You want to know a thing about data, you go to them. Go to them. Yeah,
0: that's why I'm not so, entirely unconvinced that they're not all in the first season. So if if we don't see Maddox before the end of the first season like if because he's in hiding uh right. that's the implication and that he like created these from data could he be hiding out with crusher or jordi probably not he's probably hiding out in the same way that like dr soong did yeah, yeah probably you know fair enough yeah there's some shady's going on with him i'm very excited to find out what it is <laughs> also r.i.p to the d uh deanna crashed it <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey,
0: my favorite thing is saying Deanna keeps crashing the Enterprises, and Sam goes, No, she just happened to be at the helm. She's good at her job, and her job is not driving the ship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's all i have for the first scene do you guys have anything else i don't have a whole lot of commentary on the whole mars burning thing because i feel like there's still just not a lot that we know about Like exactly know, okay mm-hmm. android since whatever did this thing but we don't know why and we know picard feels a lot of guilt about this for mm-hmm. possibly the Insert reason here, yeah. You know? I think there's some Battlestar
0: Galactica energy here, obviously, with like Cylons attacking yeah. the ha- colonies. Oh. And mm-hmm. with Dodge like activating and not knowing what she mm, is, I was yeah. like, oh, so you're Boomer. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so then my next notes are on the scene with Daj and her boyfriend. Uh, They're adorable. They're Mm -hmm. in Boston, which looks shiny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of little easter eggs in that Boston scene too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So she says she has been accepted to the Daystrom Institute as a fellow in artificial intelligence and quantum consciousness. So she's smarter than we are. She's a robot who knows a lot about robots. Whoa. I don't know. I just think it's interesting that that is her field of study and she doesn't realize that she's probably part android or full android. But it it could be also something that like she was always drawn to that field because of what she is. Right. Exactly. I think it's
1: the the irony is delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where Maddox Worked? Worked? Yes? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said, yeah. Yeah, so she probably has, like, that sort of homing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nice. I just have that they they keep asking where she's from, and she's just, like, Seattle? So... West Coast, Best Coast. I'm wondering, like, what the... Like, what answer they were looking for. Yeah! Like, or maybe, like, what organization or, like, why she was a synth, like, in the first place? Like, Mm -hmm. what she was doing there? Yeah.
1: I am intrigued by the whole teleporting in and out business. Like, I mean, Star Trek has had teleporting, of course, but Mm -hmm, it just feels like I don't know if this is because it's a new show and we have new, you know, graphics and stuff like that that we can do. Or if this is like supposed to be new, better tech that we have here, because this seemed really advanced. Everything happened really Mm -hmm. fast. People just went in into motion and they teleported really fast. Like, and Mm -hmm. it feels like a very Romulan thing to develop this advanced tactical weaponry yeah. thing. Like, well, that seems real Romulan. Like, Data then, had
0: one in Nemesis. Like, that personal right, transporter, that's yeah. how he saved card. You're right, you're right. So it could be... And I mean, the Romulans always have, like, quite advanced technology, so it would make perfect sense, even though, like, they have been displaced, that they would still continue developing military, like, right. strategic things. Yeah. yeah,
1: especially with the Borg things that they're doing now. Exactly.
0: So- I think it's also interesting that <gasps> they say that they all have cloaking devices... Because, I just yeah. realized what that means. What does it mean? Well, that Dodge has a like cloaking device like in her. Didn't because she got out of the card. And, and she unnoticed. And Borgs always have like those shielding things on yeah. them, so that could be Borg technology that keeps her cloaked. Oh, I didn't think it was Borg technology. I thought it was Romulan technology because the Romulans have the cloaking devices like all through Ooh, tng that's also a good um, point and like starfleet was like barred from making cloaking yeah technology. no cloaking devices yeah uh, so i'm wondering if that like is no more after the st- destruction of
1: romulus and like
0: i would bet uh how how cloaking technology has been uh has
1: evolved since tng yeah so do we think anything that because like romulans and maddox might be involved somehow I know that was a wild leap out of nowhere, but. Oh, I like that answer, so to the like, Romulans? Yeah, that's right. Pointing. Yes. <laughs> hmm. Because that would be interesting, and that would be a fun way to fit. I don't know. I don't have theories, but just to follow the track of, like, is this why the Romulans are so interested? They kind of feel some type of ownership, because that's a real Romulan thing, too. That would make this sense. type of ownership over, and a helpful way of, like, maybe helping them reclaim things, because they're all about mm-hmm. trying to find, got to get a new home. Yeah. It's not a board cube. Yeah. So then wouldn't it make sense that Maddox
0: would be on the Borg cube?
1: Yes. Potentially, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I was like we
0: cracked it you all. Exactly. Like if you're going to be like harvesting and trying to like create like a more superior race of Romulans or yeah. like agents for Romulans, mm-hmm. that's where you you build them.
1: Sure. And of course he would want to use the Borg stuff because that's directly related to what he was working on. Yeah, like right. in cybernetics anyway, yeah. right?
0: Like it's a combination of like whatever they use for their ships and whatever the Borg use individually so that it could be used on like any human well not human humanoid person yeah to cloak them individually because like okay. seven had i think janeway said she had something like adaptive shielding mm-hmm. um yeah. which like she could flip on pretty quickly just by like changing something they did it once yeah. well the, when they were in, locked in a cage in tng they do it also because not like well with not the like full board shield, yeah. yeah not like visual shielding but like physical shielding yeah like when they adapt immediately to be bulletproof and like Mm. put up shields so
1: man i wish i had that ability yeah Yeah. (laughs) do we think queens i mean i don't think we're going to get to see the board queen i think that's a character that's kind of been done they're not really to bring that one back do you think something with queens and board could be maybe a subconscious data telling because it is a um... and to say, hey, remember that? Like, oh yeah, the female, like mm. what's her name? Seven and nine. I wonder if that could be something <laughs> Just, like maybe seven doesn't <laughs> find Picard, but Picard finds seven. Ooh. interesting. I never even thought about that,
0: but that I like, mean those that those dreams are data trying to tell him something, right? So seven is at Picard's house in the trailer. Right? Yeah, she finds him. Yeah, or like, or he calls her there. Yeah. Because how he did he even? He needs her. Yeah. So who does he? How does he find her? Because apparently I mean, she's rogue. I
1: mean, don't don't even uh, do not friend. do that to me. If I
0: see Janeway, I will cry on sight. Dude. <laughs> yeah, he just calls his friend Janeway, and um, she's like, yeah. She's she's right here on the couch with me. You want to? <laughs> yeah, you be like, no, it out. She's not a rogue terrorist. I don't know what you're talking about. So Picard has a pair of married Romulans working for him, Javon and Laris, and um, I love them. They're yeah. refugees. They've been here for uh, at least ten years. If anything bad happens to them, I will. I've had them for a day, and if anything bad happens to them, I will kill everyone in this room and then myself. I saw a meme that was that, but it was Picard and Dodge. I <laughs> I am writing in my review. I've had these
1: characters implying all of them mm-hmm. for a day yeah like <laughs> I have a feeling we're gonna get them being like I mean this is not really super important but like I think they're gonna be super badass with the whole thing where it mm-hmm. looks like seven shooting inside Picard's house yeah yeah and they're gonna go like full Tal Shiar yes. Romulan agents excuse you this is our Picard exactly yeah, our <laughs> number one
0: <laughs> this is my emotional support old man get yeah come into right. my house <laughs> But the thing that I thought was interesting with those married Romulans is that number one wouldn't take food from him. And I was like, I wonder why. Because he loves Dodge. So like, is that his trust issues or what is that? Dogs always tell you, dogs give you hints. If you're playing that my new friend is bad, I, I might be. I'm oh, going to no. disagree with you. But I think his wife is a nice lady. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you because I ship them and I want to protect them. Yeah. Like, I don't want them to be bad because the part where he calls him, like, a codger is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yep. Yeah. And I love that and they, they talk th- to them, they talk to Picard the way I talk to my pop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that he has to teach Lars what the word means. I yeah. think that's really cute. That was really sweet. And then, man, like, I didn't completely realize that they were married until Picard was doing the interview, and then they held hands, and you can see their rings, and I was just like, I'm in, I'm sold, (laughs) that's all it took for me. (laughs) I wonder how, like, I mean, we'll find out, like, I guess, we've been reading the Countdown comics, actually, there's one right next to us, but (laughs) I want to know, like, why they came to be actually, like, living and working at Chateau Picard. Like what that was about. Because clearly, I mean, the Romulans are the refugees, so he personally took them in.
1: Or this is a Tal Shiar thing. Would be a real Tal Shiar for them to be... Operas... Embedded with Picard? Yeah. yeah. Not to say they're working against Picard, because the Tal Shiar is just a very singularly motivated group that often operates outside of what the regular rest of the Romulans in... are saying is what's good for us. They're like, mm, that's not true, but we'll work around it to make you feel like this is how it happened.
0: So are they yeah. what you would call the equivalent of, like, the second Section 31? Or did they have like a little bit more of like independent thought? Because like Section 31 is very like militant.
1: Yeah. Mm, I don't know. That's a good point. When I think about the Tal Shiar, it's, I guess they would be just like Section 31. Yeah. But I'm trying to think if they would have more independent
0: thought. I don't know. Like, because it, I mean, Section 31, from what I know of from Discovery, they each have pretty independent thought. Like they have their missions from Starfleet, also yeah, but it's like the darker side of what those missions. Yeah, that's what I'm trying normally. to like figure out is whether or not the Tal Shiar was more of an independent like thing from the Romulan government, or if they were because I can't like remember
1: a, like a rebel group. Yes, I. Oh, they were right. Part of, no, they're not a rebel group. Okay, there's what's the episode where. Troy has to be a Romulan. We just watched that, the face yeah. of the enemy, right? That's yeah. why we were trying to figure out, like, I couldn't remember. Because they fully obey whatever she says she is as mm-hmm. a Calciar agent. And I love that there's no proof except that she says it and they're like, "Oh dang, I guess we gotta <laughs> <and> go." she <laughs> She's not the right shoulder pads. Oh, man. Troy's so- just you know,
0: if you say anything confidently enough, you'll get away with it. Yeah, it's fake until you make it. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do love them. Yeah. Yeah. So during the interview, this lady just immediately crosses all the lines and is like, So why aren't you more racist? And I'm just like, Girl, you need to chill. Yeah, the thing that I found interesting is like, I guess technically it's like more like xenophobic. You know? Yeah, okay. Um, but like the more common term that everyone basically has been using is like racist. Mm-hmm. But That was the thing that I found was interesting was, like, Picard did something that was intrinsically right. Yeah, oh, fully. And she's asking why you did something that was intrinsically right. And I'm like, okay, so this is the Trump-Brexit stuff. Right. Like, this is what- this is the story that Patrick wanted to tell, which is doing good because it's good, not because you have an agenda, or leaving someone to die because that also serves your agenda. Right. So, like, Picard and- at least a portion of starfleet believed that it was right to rescue the romulans after the destruction of their planet which is like not even by an enemy that could be controlled it was a supernova yeah so, like it wasn't that there was a bigger enemy or anything it was nature yeah uh which like could loop in global warming so he believes that it's the right thing to do which it obviously is and but it seems like the public and or a portion of the public and a portion of Starfleet sort of like is so stuck in Romulans are the bad guys Mm -hmm. we shouldn't help them Mm -hmm. that they can't see past the old like stereotypes which Mm -hmm. I think was very relevant which you think you would have learned from like the Dominion War and stuff like just because the Cardassian government was corrupt didn't mean that individual Cardassians were evil. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. they were a little, little, sometimes they were a little shady. Yeah. They were morally. Yeah. Me not liking a single Cardassian. Uh huh. But they, <laughs> they always had the ability to grow. Yeah. And yeah, that was I'll the important it. part. Right. And so like, even like with the Maquis, you had so many shades of gray within like rebel groups and like mm-hmm. what happened with the Dominion. You think with, with a population as big as like Romulus, mm-hmm. you can't just generalize, oh yeah, they're all evil. Oh, yeah. And of course, mm-hmm. like that's what happens in our world. All the time. It's almost like every living person has their own consciousness and has the ability to choose whether they're good or evil. Precisely. What? <laughs> what? But When you live under what I would call like the borderline, I guess, communism with Romulus, where like the government tells you what to think and what to feel like, you know, the Federation is evil and you're like, oh, wait, but is it? And then I guess also... So sort of uh, with how Starfleet has become corrupt, uh, their just determination that all Romulans are evil is like an an equally like immovable force. Me it.
1: A movable object. Yeah. I was thinking the other day about how in some ways I feel like Romulans are kind of like the U.S. um, Just in their very... I was thinking that same
0: way in comparison to like how China especially especially, or how North Korea views Americans. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Like it's very isolation. It's very we split off from this group and now Mm -hmm. we're going to do our own thing and we don't like to play well with others. And Britain. The weapon tactics like Mm -hmm. just putting their focus in certain areas and feeling like, oh, well, we're the best.
0: Best and, yeah very uh nationalism yeah very much nationalism mm-hmm, for yeah. sure i think that's very much it's america and it's britain in terms yeah. of like we are we are superior and we're we're fine doing things by ourselves which clearly the romulan government also thought yeah. afterwards when they were like we don't want your help anymore Right. Well, that happens but um yeah, there's a lot of pride there that reflects very poorly on our society. I know know that uh,
1: a lot of Trek fans in the US try to think, Oh, we're the Federation of the Starkleam. And it's like, Are we? No. I think in a lot of ways we're a lot closer to these people over here with the weird foreheads. Oh, for sure.
0: And I think that in in Picard in particular, I think that's part of what they're trying to imply if if we think that we are Starfleet, uh, we need to look at the flaws of Starfleet. Yeah. Exactly. Um, So, And that's what I think DS9, of course, was like trying to say the most was, Starfleet is not a perfect place. Like, And a lot of people say that TNG glorified Starfleet, but I would say every time you met Starfleet brass in TNG, they were all
1: bad. Like, (laughs) Like just all, let me cover up this huge murder of everyone on the show. Exactly! Hey, I gotta get
0: this one thing. Can we go back? Right. Right. Exactly. It's like, everyone on the Enterprise D was fantastic and, like, a great yeah. Starfleet officer. But every time anyone else from Starfleet came in, they were immediately like, we're suspicious of you because you're you're not doing the thing that we have been taught that we are supposed to do. It's that always the like greater the agenda. Thing. Yeah. They,
1: they have a shady, like, m- they have shady motivations. Yeah. Like, all throughout TNG, too. They kind of touch on this in Discovery with that moment, Discovery Season 2 mm-hmm. with Pike, in that mm-hmm. moment with uh, Admiral Cornwell. Oh yeah. And like, they're try- I don't, I wish I had better memory. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but they're trying to convince him to do things and he's like, we will not do this because this is not what Starfleet officers do. And he yeah. did not sit out the war just to stand by and watch people do this. And he- she's like, you sat out the war because you're the best of what Starfleet has to offer. And mm-hmm. You embody these values. Can we get some stuff done now? Yeah. Oh to- yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's kind of what we're touching on here is with next gen and with these characters is like, you are the embodiment of what we actually need Starfleet to be. But Unless Starfleet he...
0: cannot be that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. The only Starfleet blast- brass I've ever trusted is Admiral Janeway. Thank you. Admiral Excellent point. Yeah, but he retired. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas I'm pretty sure Janeway is like still in active service. I would like which... to see it. <laughs> yeah interesting yeah mm-hmm. so data or er, picard never lost faith in data but he did lose faith in the federation um do how much do you think picard was involved with the creation of the new synthetic like not very much zero yeah, yeah zero. that doesn't seem like a field for him Mm-mm. yeah i agree it was just like interesting that they kept pursuing that after data was lost yeah if they would have contacted like picard or geordie or beverly someone had to get b4 yeah yeah
1: because
0: like b4 was on the enterprise so someone had to go get get him daystrom yeah i would be interested to know like how that ties into the hologram rights because it's like how does the emh because that would also be another great character that you could very organically integrate in is like if this is if you banned synthetic life Mm -hmm. How does that apply to holograms who have now achieved sentience? Because we also see them using a hologram in this episode. Um, as, like, a worker bee sort of thing. So are they only used in, like, like service positions? Which you, what the image was afraid of. Yeah. That's yeah. where all the Mark Ones are, is they're just basically slaves now. Yeah. yeah.
1: I thought it was really interesting when Picard is talking to Dodge about, hey, this was about my friend Data. And it's like, you're meaning to tell me that Data was not in every Starfleet history book? Like, why is that? A, why would that happen? You know? I wonder if, like, after They might have
0: erased him.
1: Yes. yes like like um he's such a good boy wow. yeah he's yeah. the, he's well, the like, goodest boy yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like i wonder if like after the ban they were like revisionist history on like starfleet never had an android right. uh what are you talking about which again would make perfect sense for like how we are now yeah. yeah. Like a lot of history is like especially taught in public schools and every especially private schools it's all mm-hmm. been sanitized. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if they minimized data's impact and made Picard the big hero. Yeah. And also especially if she's a if she's an expert in artificial intelligence she would have known about Data, mm-hmm. unless they had like scrubbed him from history.
1: Yeah, but then the only example they have is B four, who, as we've been told, is not you know of the same caliber as Data. So, right, you, like the only evidence that we have for these Android types was B four, who was the who they not want to say the the inferior model. I, I was about me to say to that them, but, like <laughs> the simpler the model. It was yeah. simpler. Yeah. I was about to say
0: Laura's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Such a little asshole. <laughs> Is he? He's out. Isn't he still out there somewhere? No, just deactivated. He, the data exploded. deactivates him, but mm-hmm. does he explode? Oh, if they had lore on the Enterprise, it went <laughs> because technically because Lal and Lore were deactivated but not destroyed, right? Unless they were just like in storage on the D. when the D went, but the D technically the crashed. D crashed. It didn't explode, so. And so they could salvaged. have very carefully archived those things. Now, whether or not they even think about this is like
1: a whole other thing. Same thing but. with Data's mom though, who was an android and is now yeah. presumably dead somewhere. Yeah, even though just right there waiting for spare parts. <laughs> like yeah, I'm wondering Star if Trek we're writers like... hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if,
0: like. Because the writers do a very good job of continuity through certain things. Mm -hmm. Like, I saw a parallel one time of Janeway, like, citing a Starfleet rule and then them citing the same one on Discovery. So
1: good. That's what Memory Alpha's
0: for. (laughs) So, like, they have, like, the details like that. So I'm wondering if we're, like, chasing threads or if this is something that they'll actually, like, expand upon. Mm -hmm. Watch have found Lore. (laughs) Lore's like, I am the baddest boy. He's like, I outlived you. Bitch, I mean, he.
1: I guess they did come in
0: pair. Oh, triplets. I am
1: kind of curious about that. I know I thought about a little earlier with Daj and like. Soji, mm-hmm. that's her name, has the twin, and we don't really hear Dodge talk about a twin, so that'd be interesting to see if they do like another set of three. You yeah, know, yeah. With those.
0: Because I was always curious as to, like, I don't, I still don't quite understand where B4 came from completely. Yeah, they kind of. Because, like, they use him as a tool for the Remans to, like, spy on Starfleet. Basically, they needed two Datas. Yeah. But...
1: So essentially, the Romulans have all, Romulans slash Remans have always according to Nemesis, always have had this little piece of data. Right. Or data at Soong technology. Exactly. So
0: it's just interesting, like, because Soong never mentions a third during TNG, it's always Data and Lore, who are brothers. So it'll be interesting to see how there being two of them plays out with there being androids created in pairs. What if, okay, but they, if you were going to go down the revisionist history route, could you theoretically say that B4 was built by Maddox? Maybe. Like Dr. Soong obviously had like, you know, the, the nomenclature, like he just loved the puns, like Mm -hmm. data lore and B4, like, but it makes me wonder if maybe you could try and say, oh, well, this was Maddox's first shot at a data. Possibly. Because I don't like, I'll admit that I am paying more attention to other things when I am watching Nemesis. But That's fair.
1: this
0: is <laughs> this is the point in the podcast where we re- reveal that we are shameless shippers, and people will turn it off. <laughs> Or turn it up. But, so I don't think it's completely explained in Nemesis where B4 comes from, so I think it's open to a little bit of interpretation at least. It says, okay, so Mary Alpha says, B4 was a prototype android constructed by Dr. Noonien Sung on the Omicron Omicron Theta in the 2330s. He was one of three failed prototypes and the only one to survive a significant amount of time after his activation before the construction of Lore was successful. Although B4 was outwardly identical to Data and Lore, the two final androids built, B4 was not equipped with a positronic. Brain as sophisticated as those
1: of his brothers. I want to know what he named them, like in this whole gnom- naming thing that he has going on. So like, <laughs> there were, like what, like freaking five of them? Then yes, five queens. Data's a queen.
0: Figured it. Oh my Nailed god! It. Wait, no, but Explains that that totally glitter. could be it though. If you built five positronic brains, then yeah. there's five out there somewhere.
1: Three datas and two Dodge and Soji. No,
0: wait. So we're. It the, says that you're saying that the three aren't Data and before. I'm. He says. B four was one of the three failed prototypes, and the only one to survive a significant amount of time after his activation before the construction of lore. Oh, okay. So there were three prototypes, one of which was B four. Then there was lore. Then there was data five. Okay, so there's two that were missing. Interesting. It says that the that information came from the TNG episode Inheritance, so we have to watch that. Like, okay. why wasn't that on our list? <laughs> Probably because there was so much on the, yeah. like, I wondered why the Star Trek Twitter, uh, or, like, the main Star Trek accounts were leaving out, like, key episodes that were important to, like, re- leading up to Picard. Now it's like, oh, because those were huge spoilers that they were trying mm. to not give away, which <laughs> also makes me wonder, oh, okay, they only included, like, one Voyager episode, and it was just the Raven. And I was like, how can you, The can why you is it the really, Raven yeah. when the rest of, like, Dark Frontier is right there. It's right I'm there! Right there. <laughs> Dark, not only is Dark Frontier right there, but it has way more about, like, humanity's discovery of the Borg than the Raven does. Yeah. I'm just talking about Voyager now. That's I mean, right. that's inevitable in yeah. this podcast. Anyway, five queens, okay. five positronic veins, maybe.
1: I I'm. still think um, Maddox is somehow involved with the Romulans, but I do think that connects into it. Like, there's something yeah. there with the positronic brains. He's gotta have something there. Like, yeah. Maybe he didn't build before, because that's wrong. Yeah. But there's... <laughs> I also something in there. Yeah. I, th-
0: I also think it's relevant that Data sacrificed himself in Romulan space.
1: Oh, you smart. So,
0: like, that they were a fighting. a very good point. Right, because, like, when they're fighting and, like, having that final battle in Nemesis, they're in Romulan space.
1: Right. It wasn't B-4 discovered, like, close to or in it. I don't yeah, it really was, like, yes, right yeah. on the
0: edge of Romulan space
1: was where B-4 was.
0: Because Shinzon planted them there to lure Picard to him.
1: Yeah. Which means at some point they must have got, at least B-4, but possibly. Possibly the other two failed prototypes.
0: Yeah. I feel like we genuinely might be onto something. I agree. But we also could be insane. Could be wrong. The joy of Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. They've already updated. I know. The weird With all of the body, information. I can't do that. We stand memory alpha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So next, Dodge finds Picard because she has been drawn to him. Number one, immediately trusts her, which you can always trust the dog's opinion. hmm I think the actress does a great job. Uh I don't completely know how to say her name. So forgive me if I'm wrong. Issa Brionis? Yeah, I think so. Okay. She, I think she does a very, very good job of like portraying the like fear and emotionally like overwhelming feeling of finally being somewhere where you, like she's been running since they killed her boyfriend and like attacked her and like the the feelings of like seeing Picard the person that she's been drawn to and like knows that she's safe with I think she does a very good job of like the absolutely overwhelming feelings of like I'm safe now I can break down that relief yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely when she was like everything inside me says I'm safe with you I was like that is also me at Picard me at Star Trek Mm -hmm. I'm like yes I am safe now (laughs) all of media in the world is very scary but Star Trek is safe Mm -hmm. I'm safe with Star Trek um oh there was something about the scene that I thought was really important. Dodge says that she can feel that Picard thinks he knows who she is, but isn't sure. Right. Why can she feel that? Yeah. Cause so like, how does she have all of the powers of data and also emotions? Um, we
1: haven't even talked about yeah. that. She is an Android with emotions. Exactly. exactly. And that's why I was like,
0: yes. she has to have a little bit of board technology there because the only way that she would have any connection with him is through some kind of like locutus thing.
1: Yeah. Well and they put a heavy emphasis on saying like flesh and bone androids as if to imply data was not a flesh and bone which I mean I I I mean he was not like Like, when I think about him I'm like, Well he's flesh but he's not. He's not like he had flesh but he didn't have blood. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, interesting. I like that you immediately went to the Borg and I was like, (laughs) Zoid. Oh my god. (laughs) But it was just like how would she be able to connect with him unless, yeah, unless someone gave her either telepathy powers or empathic abilities, which I don't know how you could gift that to anything. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a quantifiable scientific thing that you can pluck out DNA from your race or species. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think I went straight to Lacutus because we know the Borgs involved and Seven of Nine is there. Mm True. So, yeah.
1: So we're pretty sure she's at least half robot. Yes. Half of some kind of Star Trek universe robot. We don't know which. It could be Borg. could be Android. It
0: would be interesting if she's like half Android, half Borg, or half Android, half like something else, like half human. Mm-hmm. Um, If like they found a way to incorporate artificial life and human life into one being without it being the Borg. Yep. So that... I would like to see it. I would like to see it. <laughs> um, so they have tea. She shows them the necklace that her father gave her. I'm wondering who she like thinks her father is. Like, yeah. Does she think it's Maddox? Does he? Did he create like something else? Like Picard obviously thinks it's Data. I would so, like, like to think it's Data. Yeah. Like, I know I that it's probably be, not. Like I want it to be Data. Because like there's I, I don't know if it's like 100 clear. But my question was whether Data and Maddox created them together. Or whether Maddox used data as a blueprint. But I just, in my heart, kind of want to believe that data would be succeeded. Yeah. 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 But Um, if he had, he would have told someone. True. Yeah. Like, in my heart, I want it to be data just because I love data. But I feel like they're implying that because Maddox is in hiding, that this is what he did in hiding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like Dr. Who. Right. They share a deeper connection that both of them feel, but neither of them can explain. So that might lead into your Borg. theory about the Borg and Locutus. Mm-hmm. That's going to make the Borg Queen really upset.
1: Mm, just kidding me. Janeway killed her <laughs> yeah. I was like just kidding Janeway totally killed her <laughs>
0: um so she calls her mom and she knows about Picard uh which she didn't tell her about and now has even more abilities like she just inherently knows how to track him and then Picard later mentions that she has to have a certain security clearance to, int- to track him so do you think Maddox had that security clearance or Data had that security clearance I was thinking or... either she knows how to hack Starfleet or she has someone's security codes right but who's <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> She finds him and she has uh, also WebMD'd herself in the meantime. That made me laugh so much. <laughs> oh I was god. like, oh my god, are you a millennial? She's oh. like, I have schizophrenia. And it's like, Be No, like, no, you we don't. don't. <laughs> no, you don't, bud. It's okay. She
1: like has like a positronic brain. It's all good. We she got had here. time
0: in between Paris and San Francisco to decide, oh, I'm schizophrenic. I'm like, it's no! Schizophrenic. That's not even how schizophrenia works! <laughs> She's not in Starfleet Medical. She's like, I let her be. I have anxiety. (laughs) Look at it. You ruined a perfectly good android. It's got anxiety. It's got anxiety. (laughs) He now has found the painting uh, that is the part two of the one that's in his study. And I like that one is looking away and one is looking like. At the yeah. perspective, um, so that it impl- and it, it's a two piece, so that's another yeah. thing that mm-hmm. like implies the two of them and like the sisters yeah. and everything. And da- so data painted that thirty years ago. Do you think he like texted a picture to Maddox and be like, "Hey, this one's really good." Well, yeah. in data's day, uh, it is. Um, there's like a continuation of the storyline from Measure of a Man, which is where Maddox is like, "Hi, please give me this robot to study him," and they're like. No, but it's implied that Data has been communicating with him. Yeah, like the whole episode is narrated as a letter to him. Exactly. Yeah, like, so there have been like Starfleet emailing back and forth about yeah. like Data's
1: daily life.
0: So he definitely did snap a pic, and he was exactly. like, "I'm really proud of this one. Look at this." And he was like, "Hmm, like which the one face. do you like better? Yeah. this one.
1: This one. <laughs> He's like, this mm.
0: one. one. Make them <laughs> a set. And you're like, really? Because she just has one slightly different head angle in the second one. They're like, no, it's a set." <laughs> Exactly. And he called it daughter, which is interesting. And I think it like goes to to, Picard even says that Data always wanted a daughter, which I think is really sweet. Because like after lol, Mm -hmm. there would there would still Mm -hmm. be that like feeling that Data claims he never has. But Mm -hmm. so he tells her about Data, which we sort of covered already in that like, it's surprising that she doesn't know about Data. He's a Starfleet officer and an artist. Notably, she's never seen Data. So I wonder what would happen if she saw a picture of Data. True. Also, can we talk about how the little Easter eggs in Picard's like little archive? Oh, like, yes. all the past things, like the Batleth, there's, um, the book that I think used to be in his ready room, because mm-hmm, I remember, probably. I think, Crusher sat by it a lot when they would, like, have tea in there. Mm-hmm. There was the, a model of the Stargazer, the Captain's Yacht, which you pointed out. Yeah, I just, I love, like, he was like, I'm gonna put my whole life away in this little box. And I'm like, the, why? The Captain Picard mm-hmm. Day banner. No. Like, yeah, the I Enterprise, the
1: huge Enterprise D model. Yes. I think he probably put some of that in storage after his retirement. Like, maybe it's a thing where he's still not willing to look at it.
0: I mean, he even keeps the comm badge in a box,
1: right? Like, he probably doesn't
0: want to be reminded of Starfleet at all. I, sad. I want, I want, um, what are are their names? Zabon and Lars. I want (laughs) Zabon (laughs) and Lars to go in there and take all of the stuff and then just put it up around the house.
1: Just like, (laughs) decorate it around the house.
0: (laughs) Can you imagine Lars finding out that Captain Picard Day used to be a thing? Um, she would love that. Yes. I'm like a those? role model.
1: <laughs> yeah, the new uniforms are amazing. <gasps> oh,
0: oh, yeah, yeah they, they are so
1: good. I would okay. wear those
0: for so the first good. time. Because they actually look comfortable now. Right. Yeah. You know, they have separate parts. They're yeah. not jumpsuits that you have to keep yanking down or mm-hmm. uh, wear stirrups to keep them straight. Right. Yeah, and they have high collars. I love those. I'm also
1: interested to see though, because the the uniform in the Picard countdown comic books is totally different. I Just think because that was probably
0: one. like ten years ago in. Or ten to fifteen yeah, so years ago, chronologically, so they've it. changed again. Good point. Which that sucks because
1: like the Picard countdown was. Yeah, because they're mostly black. <laughs> those
0: Things are nice. I was like, I like those. Also, shout out to uh, costume designer for Star Trek Picard, uh, Christine Clark. She is mm-hmm. on Twitter, and she's very cool. Um, um I will follow, follow. Yeah, yeah, she like talks about all the little details that people have spotted, like Picard What's her wearing. App? CBC underscore design. Got it. Um. So like Trek Corps pointed out that Picard wears a civilian or a symbol on his civilian suit, which is a red thread on his lapel mm-hmm. signifying membership to the Legion of Honor in France, which is granted to those who have contributed to the glory of France. Aww. And like other little, just like little details. She loves like pointing out and all of the, all the, this. all the pieces that people catch. So yeah. I'm here. For
1: this. Somebody posted um concept art for Picard's casual look earlier and it was like I mean it was an artistic rendering, but I love how in the artistic rendering they also included number one, like a sleep at his feet. Like that's yeah. an important part when you're trying to figure out how does he look.
0: <laughs> Are you looking at the mermaid pen again? Well no, because now I think it looks like the painting. It, it kinda does. does. And then I flipped it upside down because I'm like, but if it's like what does that mean then? It looks like a little whale. Well I think also having the ship name be La Serena which oh good point yeah might be like like if it's not an official starfleet ship he might yeah, have he his own seem to be yeah, right so like he might have his own type of combat oh i like that world building. that would be kind of cool too i'm for that right like, yeah uh, yeah like maybe his he has combat is specific to a ship
1: yep i agree i love that i'm gonna want it Thanks. although no, i do think that the mermaid the name of the ship, and then the combination of like the painting of Dodge slash Soji. Soji, I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry, Soji.
0: You know how I at, remember like, Soji. The rock
1: cliffs is going to be interesting to see. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. when
0: it when that actually like comes to pass because yeah. obviously we're going to see that at some point. I remember Soji be- by Soju from Drag Race. That is not how I associated, but I support you. Thank you.
1: Unrelated. I did look up the name Soji, and the closest that I can find to it is it means general administrator. Mm. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's gonna be or it might be, who knows? Like as a prototype, you know? Kind yeah. of like data or lore, Soji. Okay. He just got a little bit more creative with the naming there. Like
0: admin. Yeah. Yeah, Soji sounds cooler than admin. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: He's like Tumblr users trying to translate their names into Latin, so that way it sounds cool. <laughs> He's just picking a different language. Oh my god. Um I love that Picard says she was lovingly created
0: if that if she's Data's daughter. He just loves her so much immediately. Yeah. It's like it's like meeting his child for the first time or mm-hmm. something. He's like, right. "You are my everything now." Right. And like Data always claimed to never have or understand emotions completely until he got his emotion chip. Just that Picard like inherently knows that if she is Data's daughter that he created her with love.
1: Yep. Is really sweet. I kind of find it interesting how Picard is so like, I don't want to say jazz, jazz to help her out. Mm-hmm. It feels very much like he's just trying to find something to fix because he just really oh, yeah. needs this. Yeah, he needs a passion. He needs something yeah. like that he can do. He feels to like calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: That's his call to action, of course. Yeah, yeah. like you're absolutely right. Like he, I think he feels a uh, purpose for the first time in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so they get attacked mm, okay. and I'm upset about it. <laughs> what is the Romulan spit? Like some kind of green acid thing? Yeah. Like it's already dissolving himself but yeah. he spits it at her. Like I was wondering if it was sort of not a cyanide but some, him, oh, some, like, some Romulan version of that, romulan yeah. that which, which is like is involves acid and then very he spits bad. it at her and it hit, also, It hit
1: the disruptor. Like, it has yeah. almost the same visual effect as Nemesis. Yes. Mm, when yeah. all the Romulans oh, die in the same yeah. So yeah. like this oh, is, yeah. is a very
0: them type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i wonder if there was anything of her left afterwards i don't know It'd be interesting Not to anymore. see if anyone harvested it because obviously all the bodies
1: were gone gone yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah i don't know I'd i mean like a very Borg esque yeah yeah
0: so picard wakes up at home with Laris and javon looking after him they all say he was alone and now he wakes up with a purpose and goes to see agnes at the daystrom institute i love the line where he said i've just been waiting to die Mm-hmm. and I'm I like been so that so means good. he probably isolated himself from everyone mm-hmm.
1: you know probably, yeah. like, like even how, Riker and Troy that's yeah, been yeah
0: like after that it would kind of like I mean Data's dead Riker and Troy clearly like were off doing their own thing mm-hmm. Beverly went back to medical mm-hmm. all he had left was I mean Worf was at DS9 mm-hmm. Yeah, all he had left was Jordy. Yeah. and sooner or later Geordi would leave too mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be surprised or if he, he totally isolated himself he pushed Jordy away. Yeah, mm-hmm. poor Jordy. So yeah, it would be inter- it'll be interesting because we know he mm-hmm. goes
1: to see Riker and Troy. It'll be interesting to see how long it's been. Since he's like reached out to them. If they name drop anybody else, I'm fully gonna die. (laughs) Like, if they say, oh, well, Beverly's been doing this. Right. Or have you talked to Jordy? He's doing this. And
0: I'll be like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to cry. Yeah. It has to be organic, though. I really hope
1: they do. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. I like to think Beverly comes over to the Riker Troy household at least once a month. They have to date each other on gossip. Yeah. Exactly. And Will loves the tea, so. Mm Beverly and Will are the biggest gossips on the end. Of 100%, life. they know, know everything about everyone. About everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Worf knows nothing, ever. He doesn't kn- want to know anything. He, he, he does He's <laughs> like, kept out of everything. Exactly. Like, he knows security stuff, but he does not want to know personal lives. He's like, mm, I don't want to know that. Yeah. You start talking about your personal life at a poker game, and Worf's like, fold, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but then he has Alexander, and he actually opens up a lot. And he's oh, like, yeah, I don't know yeah. how to be a parent. I bet you he and Deanna gossip oh, together. Fully. That would be kind of cute. Yeah. Now we're just deciding which of the was TNG like, crew got like, it together. Ahead. They Warp absolutely keeps in contact. Like they're too soft. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so they so he goes to see Agnes and mm-hmm. uh he's like, so tell me how to make a flesh and blood android, and she laughs in his face. He's like, oh, that's funny. And then she takes him to through all the reasons why they can't make a flesh and blood android, and then laughs in his face again because and then he's like okay, but someone did it. And so she's like, son of a bitch, I'm in. (laughs) I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about her character just because like we had no concept for who she was, but she's delightful. I love her. She's such a sweet little nerd and she's like, wait, so you did the thing that I've been studying my entire life? Mm -hmm. I would like to come with you wherever you go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's so wholesome because like she was so excited about this field and she's obviously like still enjoying her job here, but there's such a big part of it that she's not allowed to like explore. Mm -hmm. And I think- Teaming up with Picard will give her that opportunity, and I think it'll be really exciting. Agreed. I also, I if anything bad happens to her, again killing everyone in the
1: room and then myself. <laughs> um, I would also be interested to see if so. I mean, we know, of course, Picard and Soji mm-hmm. got her name right are going to be in the same environment at some point together. So I wonder if we're going to see maybe Girardi and Soji kind of develop. Not I won't. I don't want to say it, it's going to be the same way as like a Geordi Data, mm-hmm. but. If there's anybody who's going to be able to help Soji, it will be Gerard. Yeah. Right. So it could you, be That uh, would be fun to see.
0: Yeah. Could be even
1: Jordy Data, Seven Janeway
0: situation.
1: I would say more like the doctor in Seven. Really? Yeah. Well,
0: because be the doctor right. knew it was Seven's maintenance. Like he did all her maintenance. Well, yeah, yeah, but like mentor sort of thing.
1: Oh, that would be Janeway and Milana. Okay. Helping understand these different sides of herself mm-hmm. and like. It's, it's almost like an inverse It would inverse be Wayne, 7. situation. Where yeah. Everyone's like trying to help him understand how this is. It's kind of the similar thing there of like helper. What hey, am I? I know you've yeah. been human for a little while, but you also have this robot part that I've gotta help you figure it out. Yeah. Okay,
0: yeah, so that is Jane Wayne Seven, you're right. Cool. I've just circled back to it.
1: <laughs> we love all mentor relationships.
0: So this is when Maddox get looped in and we sort of discover mm-hmm. like what's been happening with them. They have before. Apparently, if you had Data's neural
1: net, making a flesh and blood android would be easy. Because he was sophisticated. Yeah. Right. Like any part of it, from what it sounds like, you just need, like, the tiniest piece. Like right. a little molecules. In a little atom. Neural net. Because, again, looking up this fractal fractal, fractal neuronic cloning. cloning, which is very redundant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kat looked it up earlier, and she was like, so all those
0: words mean the same things. Moon, moon, moon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um... Lunar,
1: moon, exactly. another word
0: for moon. Moon, moon. Lunar, moon, moon. moon. Sure. Yeah.
1: What you said. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, frackle is like, and I'm, again, I don't know anything really science. I only know Star Trek science. <laughs> so it's like fractals are like snowflakes. So I kind of get that. of Like you have this little piece of data's neural mesh, then it'd be like, you could just kind of flip it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then just keep doing it, which is interesting because we see... Uh, Soji working on a puzzle in that in the trailer for the next one that's kind of like that Yeah. um, so it's like you're just flipping pieces of it and it's like neuronic is just the neural pathways and then cloning is just the fractals flipping the thing and making it the same but it does imply something of a parent-child relationship, which I guess is yeah. with cloning. Of course, you have to have that parent one. So I don't know. When I was thinking about that, it made me think of like Soji being more aware of Dodge, kind of makes me think of like Lore and Data in that yeah. Lore was... I don't think that he actually met Data, of course, until that one moment when they did, but he was aware that something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. He had all the prior knowledge of Zoom that Data didn't have.
0: Yeah, and he knew right. that Data existed. Yeah, that's that's a really good point because I did write in my notes because they're created in pairs. Um, how like the difference between Dodge and Soji being similar to that between Data and Lore. Because I didn't even think of that about like Lore having all of the knowledge that he had a brother and Data not having it until he got there. Yeah, Which I think is really neat because mm-hmm. we know that Soji knows she has a sister, but we don't know that Dodge knows she had a sister. And it could be that Soji even knows what she is. Yeah, I would like to see it. Yeah. <laughs> We will find out. So that's all my notes on Agnes and Daystrom. And then we go to the Borg cube. Mm. How did they get a Borg cube? Where'd you get a loaf of bread? Where'd you get, <laughs> where'd you get a loaf of bread? Hi, we also watched what? Drag Race in this house. <laughs>
1: what is the last thing we remembered about the Borg from any of the... Like, I mean... The last yeah. thing that happened
0: yeah. with the Borg was Endgame.
1: Yeah. So Is so, that is Endgame
0: after First Contact? I'm pretty sure because First Contact happened in the middle of Voyager's run. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So the last thing we saw was Admiral Janeway from the alternate timeline sacrificing herself and infecting the Borg, which I think, like, wiped out a huge portion of the Borg. Mm -hmm. So it could be that this was an independent cube with a bunch of dead drones. Well, it also is sort of, like, implied that this cube is... uh... Somewhat damaged, I think. Yeah. Because like there are huge chunks out of it that are like covered by green force fields.
1: And all this tracks with Romulans needing a new place to live. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we have all of these empty Borg cubes and spheres. It's labeled a Romulan Reclamation, Reclamation Center. Center. Yeah. So like, what are they reclaiming? Seem like the smartest choice. Like, as, I mean, I get there's a whole non-interference thing, but, like, doesn't seem like the smartest choice to be, like, hey, the Romulans have always had this, like, tech that's one step up ahead of us. Like, with cloaking devices and everything. Mm-hmm. They need a new place to live. They're just going to chill with the Borg stuff for a little while. Mm-hmm. That seems like we weren't paying attention when we let that happen. <laughs> like, like who, who looked the other way when they, like, right, going to Borg, somebody view. signed off on this <laughs> and then was, like... What? Like just, just if I were thinking about it, that doesn't seem like good choice making. Good decision-making from the Federation. We also don't know,
0: like, what part of
1: space that's in.
0: Yeah. Because it just says Reclamation Center. It doesn't say, like, if it's in Romulan space. hmm Does anything exist in Romulan space now
1: since the supernova? I think, so. I think it's becoming an increasingly inhospitable area of space. Right. Like, I don't remember a whole lot from the comics exactly, but it seems like that was kind of the gist of it, is, like, these areas need to be evacuated because... Of the mm-hmm. chance of them being sucked into this thing that's happening. Dang. So.
0: So Neric is creepy
1: as heck. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't trust him.
1: He's obviously gonna. He's obviously a spy for that even creepier
0: Romulan lady. Yeah. And I, I also don't know if I can trust Soji yet, just because she's working on a Borg cube. She, the whole like evil twin thing in yeah. Star Trek and like it's mirror universe brilliant. and yeah. like
1: like Lore was a bad guy. Also, I mean, not to say that Starfleet uniform means we automatically trust them, as we've talked about, because Starfleet brass are almost always terrible. Exactly. But she's not wearing a Starfleet uniform, so we know she's not part of that. Mm -hmm. Like, we automatically know she is existing outside of this thing that we've always done.
0: Right. And, like, the the first episode did a very good job of immediately making me want to protect Dodge. Right. But, and then throwing me for a, like, complete 180 with Soji, and I'm like, do I want to protect her? Like, I kind of do, because I wanted to protect her sister. But, but is, was- is she bad?
1: I feel like she can take care of herself a lot more, maybe. Right. But there's definitely something going on with Narek who's looking for something from her. Yeah.
0: It looks like Janeway, Admiral Janeway, did, like, knock out most of the Borg.
1: That's what I thought. So
0: we just have. (laughs) Which the Queen lost contact with the majority of the collective and the shielding protecting the interspatial manifold supporting the network, which the Queen regulated personally, began to destabilize. Before she died, the Queen said fear 634 could still hear her thoughts and had assimilated the pathogen. So, like, she infected most of the Borg and the Queen's control over the Borg. Yeah. So that would leave all of them floating, like, useless. Mm-hmm. So it'd be pretty easy to probably get one at that
1: point. And we also know they're susceptible, because, I mean, it was Lore who led a group of exactly. Borg. So, I mean, it's not like they're, oh, I have independent free will. I know exactly what to do with my life now. It's like we've set you free and now we're not helping you at all. Yeah,
0: we're like, I like, don't know what to do now. No
1: shade ever to Janeway. But like, she couldn't really handle all of that on her own. Yeah. Starfleet would have been great to support her. But we're pretty sure that didn't happen. Yeah. So we have all these Borgs who are free and they don't know what they're doing. And then we also have all these Romulans who are like, hey, we hate these people. You hated them too they screwed you over because they just left you out here alone. And j- and you probably have
0: Seven of Nine in the middle going, I have to save these Borg who, right. like, have been cut off and don't know what they're doing and, and course, they're Stark getting Least individuality is- back. Yeah,
1: and Starkly's not doing anything to help them out with that. Exactly. And, like, we get a taste of Seven doing that on Voyager with those kids. Exactly. Yeah, so, like, it would make sense that that's
0: a thing she's actively doing on her own now.
1: Yep. So, Seven, I don't know if we're talking about this in this podcast, but Seven's supposed to be with the Fenris, I don't know how to pronounce it. Fenris. Yeah. Yeah. That also like some Latin name or something. Yeah, I think it's Latin for like wolf or werewolf or something. Let yeah. me look it up. I thought it was, which seems very old oh, Romulus and remus to me, but
0: Yeah. You know Star Trek. Just loves them references. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I it's a spoiler guys. that no one's supposed to know yet because there's nothing about it on Memory Alpha.
1: We're just really
0: passionate and um like I could have somewhere. Read, read that, that in something. something. You did. You read it on Reddit. Whoopsies. You read it on that same post that I did. My <laughs>
1: bad. Whoops.
0: No, okay, it's in an IGN interview. Oh wait, did Jerry say it? <gasps> <gasps> Jerry did say Jerry it. Jerry spoiled it. It's nice. not a spoiler because it's Jerry's, <laughs> Jerry's fault.
1: It. Oh,
0: so then we can talk about it. It has wolf connotations, with, um, which is like, very
1: Romulus and Remus, and
0: yeah, yeah. So it could loop into that and it also could loop into like our theories about her saving rogue yeah. Borg and like going in like uh, so a wolf in the he, night. To... What is Fenris or Fen- whatever that thing is? <laughs> so if I look up just Fenrir's wolf, Fenrir is Old Norse mm-hmm. uh,
1: for wolf a monstrous north and wolf mythology. There was one thing from the Wikipedia yeah. that I thought was just interesting. I mean, I don't think this is going to be foreshadowing but I mm-hmm. like the way they might have taken the name for it. It says that due to the God's knowledge of prophecy foretelling great trouble from Fenrir and his rapid growth, the gods bound him, and as a result, Fenrir, who is Fenris, bit off the right hand of the god Tyr. And I think that could be really interesting if that's something mm-hmm. where they took their name and inspiration from. Is like they have damaged something so badly that this is the threat they impose to it. These Fenris rangers. Yeah, I would love that for seven. That would be really cool.
0: I um so. I was also reading that like he was foretold to have killed the god Odin.
1: So like, if Odin is the board queen, that right involvement. Yeah, like or like it.
0: any all powerful system that becomes too corrupt. Ooh, the Federation I like it even better. Yeah. So, I'm like, yeah. show me the Federation president. Yeah. Show me the head of Starfleet. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> show and- me where the rear admirals are. Jerry says that in the interview cuz she's a spoiler, not us. Yeah. Like Seven <laughs> is not very happy with Starfleet right now. So, I mean, neither is Picard. So, Exactly. <laughs> Picard, Seven being mad at Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, Robin's back and now it's time for segments. Okay. So my segment is, did anyone mention Janeway? And the answer is no, but I have hope. (laughs) Thank you. And my segment is what thing am I shipping the most in this episode? Um, And this week it is, Jabon and Laris because they just sucked me in immediately, mm-hmm. and I'm here for You're it. You're a sucker for a uh, holding hands moment. It, I'm a sucker for an over 40s OTP holding hands. I'm there you go, wearing wedding oh, rings. I Love it, Kat. What would you like your guest segment to be?
1: Uh, my segment is favorite Trek no babble, mm-hmm. and of course, this is fractal neuronic cloning moon moon moon.
0: <laughs> Iconic <laughs> moon 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 moon. <laughs> And now we're gonna do our best line award, which is where we all pick our favorite lines. Um, Robin, would you like to tell us what yours is? Uh, so my best line award goes to Agnes for- You can tell me if it is possible to make a sentient android out of flesh and blood.
1: <laughs> no, really, how can I? Is that why you've come here? ha ha! ha. <laughs> like "Mm." and (laughs) i'm gonna pick a line i'll pick a laugh (laughs) 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 haha
0: oh no you're serious oh oh, (laughs) my and my favorite line award goes to picard for
1: but the federation understood there were millions of lives at stake romulan lives no lives
0: that's a good one yeah Mm -hmm. and mine goes to dodge for because everything inside of me says that i'm safe with you because that is also how I feel about Star Trek. Yes.
1: And my line also goes to Agnes Jurati for the, uh, when she's talking to the bar and she goes, Hey, now you're coming around to that. No, I've been promising you. Yeah. <laughs> she's cute. She's fun. All right. Outro. Because there's no
0: no trailer to watch, right? No, unfortunately, well, there's they, like a season trailer that they released, yeah. they but like a new one. It's about a minute long, but it's not specific. And it's got like, no. it's got new information right. though that wouldn't have been applicable before. Do but you guys want to do that trailer or no? No, because we can't do that segment weekly. Oh yeah, that's yeah. True. You can yeah. just do it whenever it's re- whenever it's relevant. I think I'd rather forego it. Just because it won't be consistent. True. Okay. I trust you. Unless they start putting out weekly trailers, in which case. And then we'll pick it up. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're so inclined, please leave us a review on iTunes. We like those. And there is a survey that we have about our podcast network that you can fill out. It is perpetually open. It just lets us know what you like about the podcast and what you think we could work on. Uh, If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show, too. We are currently going to Unity Days to cover uh, the final, like, pre- pre-final season check that out on our soundcloud and on itunes if you're a fan of riverdale we actually do enjoy talking about that show it's a trash fire but it's ours um (laughs) so we've covered the first three and we're on season four right now and it is a fun podcast that you should check out we also do uh, weekly broadcasts on TV Co. where we watch the week before episode, the day before the new one. So check us out over there, too. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too. Personally, one of the best shows of all time. She's right. I don't know. <laughs> um, so if you're looking for what I assume, I mean, I left, but I assume we also talked about some great character stuff, some great plot We stuff, did. Some, you know, world building type stuff. If you're looking for a very long podcast about that sort of thing, go and check out Lost. It is spoiler-free as well, so if you haven't seen it before, you can um watch it episode by episode and listen to it while you watch which i think is awesome because there's a spoiler section at the very end we did season one and we're almost done season two Woo! Uh, If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we love to talk about that show, too. Uh, It is probably my favorite one besides the one we just did. It is awesome. Robin and Brittany did all of season one, and we are currently working on season two. uh, And that will be coming out uh, every six weeks this year. Just trying to make it through the whole year so that there's just constant... (laughs) Trying to get through Uh, the year. We're trying to give you that constant contact until we get to season four, which is unfortunately so far away. Yeah. You can follow The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. Robin makes gifts of all of our favorite Lion Awards on Tumblr. So yeah, you should like, um, go check that out. I don't know. Go support her. They're delightful. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash The If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it is really expensive. Yes. Especially, you know, this podcast would not be possible without the people who support us on Patreon. So if you want to be... Um, One of those people, we would love that. We would like to see Um, it, yeah. It starts at just $1 a month and you get early access to almost every single podcast. And the almost is because um, of weeks like this week when we are crazy busy. But yeah, if you can't donate for any reason, that's totally okay. Just uh, recommend us to a friend. you got a Star Trek friend who's like, I love Picard, but I have no one to talk about it with. Talk about it with us. We are are. your new friends. (laughs) You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Casey's. That's S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. I also do reviews for both Star Trek Picard and Riverdale on TelltaleTV.com. You can find the link in the description box or um, by going to TelltaleTV.com and searching either show. God, we have vast taste. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Kat, thank you so much for coming. Yay! This so much fun. Tell us where we can find you on the internet.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at catm Squared. That's c a t m s q u a r e d. I have to step up my spelling. The amount of times I mess up my own name, so, it's quite embarrassing. Yeah. Yes, that is catm squared on Twitter, probably Instagram as well. Anything in general squared. Join us
0: for our next episode, which is episode 102. We don't know the name of it. They're not giving you the names ahead of time. No, I'm checking, like I'm checking. No, it's not even on uh, so listed episodes on Wikipedia yet. Episode 102,
1: then. Episode 102. That's it. Fans are nerds, and everybody else be like us and trying to like pick it apart. We like, can usually do well, it. Well, this hatching. one is a reference to this, yeah. That's
0: us because we try and we try and talk about the title ahead of the episode, but I exactly, guess, uh, they're on to us. They caught so, us. No. We will talk about it next week, uh, and we will be excited about it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Love you. Bye. Okay, love bye. you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs>